Hi, my name's Laura Keane and I'm Principal Consultant at Ask Europe. Welcome to Unlocking Your Potential with Ask Europe. This is the first of a series of podcasts where we're going to be talking about all things learning and development. That's what we do. Uh, and we really fundamentally believe that everyone can meet their full potential at work with the right environment, the right management, the right leadership, the right skills and support. So um, I am here today with Martin, who uh, decided that we were going to do podcasts and persuaded me to do it uh, before I'd even really thought about uh, what that would involve. So, Martin, why are we here doing this? Well, I'm pleased I signed you up before you realised what it would involve. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, to give some background, some people listening to this, uh, I may well have dealt with. My role at Ask Europe is account manager, uh, and I also get involved in the marketing side of the business. Um, now, I thought as part of a marketing exercise and telling people who we are, would be what better way to do it than to tell people who we are and talk to people about what we do the challenges the realism around it um you know it's not all lovely and shiny all the time <laughs> as any workplace but actually to capture some of the some of the conversations we have within the office have within the workplace on a daily basis because we live and breathe this stuff yeah um kind of nine to half five every day we're we're there, we don't just kind of go out and deliver things to people. It's not transactional like that. Our, our workplace, which is around leadership, management, development, organisational change, experiential learning, all these terms will come up over time. Yeah. Um, but we live and breathe it within the office from our client services team who are the, the wheels that make everything happen and the engine yeah. through to the facilitators um, and the people like yourself, Laura, that are able to design fantastic programs and mm. go out and deliver them to people and leave them, you know, going back to the workplace with something that they can take away and have that impact. Yeah. Um, but we sit and discuss these things all the time in the office. So actually... I thought maybe we can try and capture them and, uh, you know, sort of have a real conversation about what we do and why we do it. You know, you just reminded me of the fact that lots of the time when people ask me what I do and I say, oh, you know, learning and development, and they look really blankly because yep. there's so many organisations out there that just don't do this stuff, whether they be too small, they don't have the budget or they don't think they have the budget. So it's really nice to have the opportunity to say, okay, this is what we do. This is what it's about. And it's, you know, it's not rocket science, it's, but it is about helping people to engage with, as you said, learning that they can take back to work. So stuff that they can do differently. Um, and a big part of what we do here at Ask, obviously, is about that engage, learn and transfer. So um, learning and development takes time and it takes an investment and it you know means that people show up to, to workshops or they watch some stuff online or whatever but it is can be a bit of an expensive waste of time if nothing changes so it is really that focus on making sure that people take away stuff that they can use that it's relevant to them um, and it's going to improve stuff when they go back to work yeah i think everybody at some point in their work in life has been on mass-produced training courses yeah. whereby you know you might be one of 50 people in a room or you might yeah. be the third person to have experienced it that day and you've yeah. got a, you know a trainer sat at the front that has no interest in what they're telling yeah that's very much what we avoid and don't Absolutely. ever want to be everything that we do is about um and you'll hear it often i'm sure through the course of recording these these podcast series 
but you'll see it all over our paperwork as well. Yeah. Is that engage, learn, transfer aspect. Um, but making sure that we have that impact and we have and again you referenced it there it's not always the cheapest thing in the world to have a, a proper development um, program for managers for leaders for yeah. organizational change so why waste the money yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah do it properly and get the impact absolutely you know what i didn't do is introduce myself uh which i'll do now um just to say how i got here really so my background's in hr um, and I started working in-house in HR 27 years ago and I worked in finance, telecoms and media and then I left in 2004 to work in consultancy. So um, what I've found through that kind of journey is that I love learning. I absolutely love learning. So going back to, to uni and then through work and, and what I really love about what we do um, from a selfish perspective, it means that I'm learning all the time and I love that, whether that be through reading, online research, TED Talks, podcasts, whatever it might be. And I really wanna get people excited about learning for them. So uh, that was kind of my journey to get here today. Um, and I really like the fact that we are, yeah, opening up those conversations that we have to really bring what we do to life. You know, so we do that day in, day out in terms of the training courses and development workshops that we run. This also helps people to, to find out a little bit more about us. So, you know, what's going on behind those workshops? Yeah, and we're people. You know, yeah. the organized, we very much. <laughs> Most of us are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a company, we kind of pride ourselves on being open and yeah. uh, being able to have conversations with clients around what's going to suit them best. Yeah. And we appreciate everybody has different learning requirements, learning yeah. needs. Um, and we'll try and adapt and flex to whatever those are. And I think over the course of this podcast, we're going to pick out a number of themes and you know, being open and honest about it, that's still evolving. Um, over time, we'll add more and more into it. We've got yeah. a, a number of ideas for, for, you know, the first few, but over time, we'll kind of add to that and we'll bring in experts and we'll bring in people with interesting opinions and insights, yeah. some of which we'll work with already and some of which will be people from outside of the organisation. Um, but I think it's important that we're able to try and transpose some of the things that we like to talk about in the office yeah. into a podcast because I think people out there will appreciate that um, you have all these conversations going on in any workplace at any yeah. time yeah. Uh, about why you do what you do, which is not really what it comes down to. Is yeah. what, why are we going out and doing this? Um, and that is to try and change workplaces and try and yeah. help yeah. make them better and give better experiences to workplaces. Absolutely. And I think so, so one of the, the, the reasons, I guess, that I agreed to do this and I thought it'd be uh, fun uh, is that it helps to, yeah, we're, we're kind of talking about those conversations. We're showing our personality. What we do as an organisation is bespoke for every client that we work with. And I think that's a really important point is that we focus really hard on making sure that what we're talking about aligns with what the organization needs. So it's about where they're trying to get to strategically, it's about their values, it's about what's important to them, it's about that broader context. Um, and that's all part of this conversation. So we are learning continuously about new clients, about the products, about their values, about you know the challenges, particularly after the last couple of years, which have just been crazy right and we've come out of the pandemic into whatever this is in the world right now 
So we are working collaboratively with clients and, and to be able to do that, there needs to be that kind of spark. We need to get on with them. You know, we need to find each other interesting. We need to work together to develop the stuff that we develop. It almost, <laughs> from a layman's perspective, because yeah. I very much am a layman around all yeah. this, I'm not an expert like you are. I don't have that background of it. But um, from when I see it, from where we bring new clients on board, it's almost like a dating process you end up going through, <laughs> whereby you're kind of marrying up your your values against their values you're making sure that it's the right fit for everybody and we you know as per any business sometimes it comes organically through the the conversations and those kind of sales points sometimes it's tendering whatever it may be but we don't work with organizations we don't want to work with i suppose is what the point is out of that and we're a very values-led company ourselves um for those that know of us i'm sure you will have spoken with or met with uh, Alex Speed, our managing director, who um, he he makes sure the company ethos is built around a number of values that he mm. sets out for us. And we live and breathe those values during the day. Um, you know, we have conversations on a regular basis. He yeah, put a lot do. of time with one of our our consultants, Debbie Hans, who's a you know a good friend of yours. Yes, and, she is. Um, she put a lot of time and effort into and still does embedding those values into yeah. everybody at this business. Yeah. I think how hard is it for you in terms of when we get a new client on board, we say, Laura, can you do some work with this? Yeah. Is that one of the first things you go and look at? Is what the the yeah. values framework yeah. maybe? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, when we're looking at talking to a new client, the first thing we'll do is go and hunt out that information. What are they about? Um, you know, what are their, do they have values? What are their values? If they don't have them written down explicitly, okay, let's go and find out about them. And, you know, the messages that they're sending through their website, through uh, different materials. Um, and then when we're talking to them, it is about making sure we've got that connection, exactly like you said. So um, for us to be able to design and develop something that's going to work, we need to get on. We need to get on with people. Um, we need to have those values aligned. We need to understand where they're coming from, where they're going. Um, and I think as as a team, you know, none of us is super precious about the fact that there's going to be some clients where it just, you know, it won't gel. But maybe there'll be somebody else with whom it does because of, you know, the experience that we've got, the sectors that we've worked in, whatever that might be. But I think if we don't have that connection at some level, then we're not going to be able to work together collaboratively to be able to develop that product. And a lot of that, I think, comes from that setting of expectations near the beginning yeah. as well. So going back to what we said a minute ago we aren't a training provider we are out there giving experiential learning to individuals our our workshops that we run are very much about involving the people not just talking to the people that are there yeah Uh, it's not it's not standing up the front and just proving how much we know um i don't think that's going to land particularly well with anyone what's the worst like from a development perspective, yeah. what's the worst you've ever had? Um, so, yeah, so uh, there was a course, uh, a, a workshop that I went on years and years ago. I think it was something about strategy or something, but it was literally a guy stood up the front of the room with PowerPoint, you know, after PowerPoint, you know, slide after slide after slide, words so wordy uh, and literally just talking at us so talking at a room full of people um and and i do think it was i i, I don't know it was it, he wanted to somehow prove everything that he knew and he was talking about you know the, the history behind all the theories and stuff and 
I, you know, that's kind of interesting, but actually I'm not going to learn anything from that. Uh, I took nothing away from it. And you, that's stuff you could find online if yes. you were inclined to go yes. and... Yes, you could go and read a book. Um, old school, right? Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. show my age. Old school, read a book. Um, that was not a learning experience in which I was engaged. And and that's the key thing. I, I, like I said, oh, this stuff was interesting. I like learning. I didn't sign up to go and listen to this guy talk for two days um, at me. So, uh, yeah, and I think we can learn just as much from the experiences that aren't positive as from as we can from the ones that are. Um, I learned that I don't want to create learning where I feel like I'm just talking at people. I mean, one, it's boring for me, but, you know, I the best I think the best experiences for me when I'm delivering training or workshops or programs is when it just feels like a natural conversation so uh, I had one a couple of weeks ago where you know we had a framework of stuff that we wanted to cover um which we did but it really just and this was online as well it wasn't even face to face but it just turned into this real collaborative group discussion where you know it meant that I was learning as well, uh, but we were talking about how we implement this stuff. People were coming up with ideas. We were all challenging each other, and it was just such a fun experience. But at the end of the day, we all took stuff from it as well. So we all had stuff that we could take back to work, uh, including me as the facilitator to put into practice. Where does that come from? Because presumably you could, you could deliver that same program five times. Yeah. And you get a different result. Four times time. you may not have that yeah. conversation, one time you do. But when you're yeah. designing it right at the beginning, yeah. like, are you trying to spark those conversations as part of the design? Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that I have conversations uh, with the client leads, essentially, normally, which I know you do as well sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's those... There's always an acceptance, I suppose, that where we work with relatively small kind of cohorts of individuals, maybe up to 12 is about normal. Yeah. Um, it's quite often interesting to hear back from the client about their general experience, not the specifics and the, the kind of into the, the reads of the detail. Um, but they're, they're often accepting that out of 12, one person may not always enjoy it and may well feed back that it wasn't for them. Yeah. We yeah. very rarely hear that it's ever more than one, and it's that acceptance of people's learning styles and and kind of how they engage with something. Yeah, I think you know because we design it bespoke, the the likelihood is that it will generally land because we're talking in a language that is important for the people that are on the the programs and the workshops. Um, you know, you're always going to have potentially someone who's had a bad day. Or, you know, they're under pressure to go and do something else, so they can't fully engage. Um, and that, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Or, or maybe it just doesn't work for them, you know. Um, but you do find it, it, so much of it does depend on that group dynamic as well. And I think what's really important is you can really tell when people have engaged up front. And that's why we go on about it so much. When people have, you know, done a bit of exploration in advance of the programme and they've had a chat with their manager about, you know, why they're there and what they want to get from it. So they've they've already totally engaged with that process. But just because, yeah, you're going to have different personalities on different programmes, 
And that will lead you down different avenues when you're having those conversations. Yeah, and different experiences for you, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that, that engaged thing will come on to, I'm sure, on a future episode yeah. where we'll look at our kind of learning methodology, which is that engage, learn, transfer, mm. which ultimately is to create an impact. That's what we're there for as an organisation is that yeah. we want to create an impact for other organisations and we want people to go away with meaningful actions coming out of it and those actions have an impact of behavioral change Absolutely. and organizational change and that their, their colleagues will see a difference in them and their managers will see a difference in yeah. them uh, and i think that is you know it is such an important point we we design programs we have you know facilitating notes obviously for facilitators to guide them through that session but we're not robots and we're not just standing there saying now learn this now memorize this um you know we we want to make it human and we want to make it fun so we will as facilitators we have you know we make sure that we have that agility within the facilitator group that people can say okay that's i can see that's not working for you i can see that that's really interesting let's explore that so that we're having really genuine conversations that people will then remember yeah and i think it's so important because I've been asked for about two and a half years. And I always think back to my early days here and I'm new to the world of um, leadership and management development. It wasn't my background. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, starting to look through the materials. If I sit and read through the yeah. materials myself, okay, I can sit and work them out. And I, you know, I'd like to think I'm competent enough that I can maybe understand them. <laughs> yeah. But I've sat in on some of our sessions that we do and then it comes to life. It yeah. brings it off of the paper, yeah. which is, you know, in a similar theory to why we're sat here recording this, is to yes. bring it off the paper and, and actually bring it to life around what it is that we do. Um, we come full circle, I like that. Yeah, there was a strategy there, right? Absolutely, <laughs> accidentally. But well, And what is also nice is because we have... You know, we have such a great team of facilitators and coaches and we all bring our own experiences to that, right? And we all have our little stories, our little anecdotes. If we want to get stuff to land, um, it is about bringing that to life. So if I can sit there and say, look, I can tell you where I've done this and where it worked or where it didn't, and we're creating that kind of trust in the room, we're building the relationships with people, but we're giving them stories. People love stories, right? It's the, it releases um, hormones and all those kind of things. But we have such a range of people that can bring all those different experiences. And I love that. When I work with other facilitators, which we get to do every now and then, and it's great to watch each other. You know, I've been doing this for donkey's years, but I can still learn so much from the other people that I work with just because we bring different perspectives to things. And it's that authenticity element yeah. as well, isn't it? That you, yeah. as you say, if you can relate something back to your own experiences. Yeah. And those are some of the things people take away from lessons. And yeah and take away from um, from the sessions that we run. But do you ever worry if you're doing it with somebody else that you step on their toes as your facilitator? I've always wondered yeah. that. It's really interesting, isn't it? I think, certainly at Ask, we've, I've not had that experience. I think um, we tend to set those boundaries up front. You know, when we, as facilitators, we'll say, I, I mean, I will always say, if you think there's anything that I could add to this or, you know, if you want to jump in, I'm more than happy to do that. Again, I think we can't be too precious about this stuff because it's not about us. It is yeah. about the people in the room. Uh, but we do tend to set that out up front. And, you know, I'll be quite honest and put my hand up and say, look, I don't, I'm not as good at doing that bit as you are. Let's kind of mix it up between us. 
I have worked with people in the past that have literally said to me, sit over there while I'm running my session, don't interject, don't say anything. Uh, all right, fine, I'll just sit and have a coffee. Um, but I don't think that's how we work here. And I think, you know, we have to recognise that, you know, yeah, we are not all the experts in everything and we can learn from each other. So I think, you know, there have been so many times when I've been working with other people where it's just, it's really worked and it's just, it's been so fun because we are working collaboratively and we almost become like, you know, a double act or a triple act or whatever. And it sparks ideas. Yeah, I think we have such a wide and colourful tapestry of individuals that we yeah. can call upon as well. And and you do, and you find then, particularly coming out of the pandemic, where we're all you know starting to get out there face to face, and we're starting to work with people now that we've never met, you know, face to face. We've been working with each other for a couple of years, and and it's so nice then that you can have those little chats and, you know, the the kind of what you get face to face is those you know, little inconsequential conversations over a coffee, which actually tell you so much about people. Um, and, I, yeah, I've met so many interesting people doing this job. And I find, um, well, you know, I've, <laughs> I've had knee problems recently, yeah. right? Yes, you have. Um, I was at a physio this morning, okay. and I got to the end of the session... And she'd said to me about active standing, and I need to... I thought, what on earth are you on about? Active standing? Active standing. Um, where I've got a problem with my left leg, she was saying you need to... When you're standing, put some thought into the fact that you <laughs> need to put the weight onto the left leg because okay. that will start to help healing. Okay. And I suddenly realised at that point that I had it all on my right leg, pretty much, and my left leg was bent. And uh-huh. I said to her, oh... And she said, you've been doing it all session. I said, oh, I've never, like, yeah. I hadn't realised those things in the same, in a face-to-face environment yeah. that I'd imagine you must pick up on people. Like, there are things that people will be giving away during a session yeah. face-to-face that you would never have got off of a Zoom call. You never... Yeah, I think what's really interesting is we have, you know, we had to, 23rd of March 2020, things had to change like that. Um but we have all adapted. So I, I would say that we probably pick up more online than we did two and a half years ago because we've just become attuned to like looking at people's right ear because they're working on two screens. But yeah, I think there are some, there are certainly some topic areas where I'd feel a lot more comfortable doing that face-to-face because yeah. you can build that trust. You can keep an eye on people um, a lot more easily. Uh, yeah, and you can pick up on the signal. I've never... Shouldn't look at anyone's knees. No, no, I don't blame you either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that that uh, working from home aspect is probably a, a subject in and of itself. I think it is. I think you've just come up with a podcast subject. There we go. I think yeah. we've, we've got a few. I know women in leadership is one you're particularly totally. excited to yeah. delve into. We did. Um, do you remember back at the start of the pandemic, and I did that. Another thing that somebody talked me into, a webinar on women in leadership. And I have to admit, I found it terrifying. It's so weird, isn't it? I do this stuff all the time. Um, But I was literally sat there at home looking at 150 blank screens, and I found it terrifying. But women in leadership is something that I'm so passionate about, and I think it's so important. It won't just be me talking about it, um, because that would get boring. But, yeah, I'm going to bring in some people to talk about that. Um, because I think it is so important. I think it, we really have an opportunity right now to do stuff about that, um, to, to turn around the inequality and the injustice and all those kind of things. 
but it's not just that. We are going to talk about what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about coaching. Um, I think we need to talk about the engaged learn transfer piece because I think that is really important. Uh, we are going to get some of our associates in to talk about uh, different areas uh, and people from totally outside of the world, world of L&D so that we can get their perspective on what it is that we're doing. Yeah, I think we'll we'll try and interject some of those with topical pieces. So, yes. um, again, going back to that capturing what we discuss in the office, Alex, our MD, and I often have very differing views upon football. Um, yes. Now, not to say we're going to sit and discuss Spurs <laughs> Arsenal on a podcast, but it could add nothing to that conversation <laughs> at all. But taking it to that higher level, I think Gareth Southgate is often a, a topical piece. Uh, you know, certainly when we hit European Championships upcoming, you know, World Cups just gone. You know, people have different views upon whether he's doing a good job or a bad job as a yes. leader, as a manager, and how those things are firstly separated but secondly either achieved or not achieved yeah. um, you know how do you how do you judge it purely based upon results in a footballing environment is that the yeah. same as a workplace what is it that he may do well there's all sorts of conversations that kind of um, subvert their way through leadership and management yeah. and one that we chat about quite often in the office is Mick Lynch of the the unions mm. um, you know some people may absolutely passionately believe that what he does and how he does it is correct and some you know may have the the other end of the yeah. scale on that view um politics yeah um you know leaders that we see around the world so we'll bring some of those topical pieces into conversation yeah like we, we were talking earlier about um gary lineker and, and uh, you know the whole thing around that that just happened and i, I again whether you agree with what he did or what he didn't do and or you don't agree with it or what the BBC did or you know whether you don't agree with that all of these are lessons for management leadership how we want to behave at work and I think you know there's so much research out there that that um, supports the importance of role models and you know we can look for those role models in all areas of life so if it's something you're really passionate about like you guys in football you can get your really good role models from that, but it is about taking what would work for you and making it authentic. So you can learn just as much, I think, as I said before, from from people that you'd look at and say, no, actually, I don't want to be that kind of leader. I don't want to be that kind of person at work, as you can from the good role models. But the important thing is that you're making it authentic. So you're looking at Mick Lynch or Gary Lineker or you know a politician or whoever it might be and saying actually I want to do that I don't want to do that but I'm going to do it my way do you still actively have role models do you have people that you I do I'm not even going to ask you to name them unless you wish to um, but do you have people that you know are out there in the wider world that you go I want to take a you know a little dose of that and uh, yeah yeah no I absolutely do and I think uh, particularly when it comes to women in leadership there's there's so many more now than there was when you know I first started my career but again, I think it's about recognising that role models aren't perfect. You know, they are human. There are going to be people that disagree with them. There are going to be things that they do wrong. So much for me about leadership management is, is about being able to step up and have that humility to say, I've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and to be able to encourage that in the people around you. Psychological safety, that is something that we're going to have to talk about on one of our podcasts. Um, and again, that's one of the, one of those things that people can talk about really well, but then not actually do, um, which is incredibly frustrating. And we can help them and support them in doing that. You asked if I have role models. I absolutely do. Um, 
and I think it does change actually yeah. it does you know you kind of you, you learn about a new experience you go and meet with uh, new people and yeah I think it, it, it's really important to me that I can do that and learn from that and then make it my own yeah, and you like mine have changed since I've worked at Ask because I'm exposed oh, really? to a different That's environment and yeah. I have different thought processes. So yeah. you know, I've still got some that might be the same, but there are others that have been brought in through my experience yeah, of being yeah. here. Yeah, you know? and what we can do through the podcast is introduce some of that stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, getting it out there to people. Yeah. There we go. That's probably yeah. enough of an introduction enough as to why we're doing it. And it almost yeah. seems like we planned that ending. It but... does. It does. Maybe we did. Maybe we did. Um, so thank you uh, for listening in. Uh, we are hoping to be recording these. What are we doing every couple of weeks? Every couple of weeks. You probably yeah. won't hear from me again for a long time. I will pass yeah, the seat maybe over. We will. Maybe I will pass the seat over to others far more qualified than I. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lord. Thank you.